Uh, is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, Hey, um, hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Jeff Bajoric, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. Why do salespeople make it so hard for people to buy? I'm going to share with you a conversation that I had with my friends, Liz Wendling and Larry Levine. And uh, we were talking about this and I was going through a situation at the time where I was literally trying to buy from somebody. Like I'm trying to give you money and they were making it extremely difficult because of some process or procedure or whatever. And, you know, look, as much as I enjoy process and appreciate it for what it is, and I realize that you have to have standard operating procedures within your organization. Um, have you ever thought about how difficult some of those things are for your customers? When you think about creating an environment to buy, it includes all the hoops that people have to jump through in order to do it. And I still think that that is missed way more often than it should be. So listen to this conversation. I think you're going to hear some familiar, you're certainly going to hear some familiar voices. I also think you're going to hear some familiar phrasing. And uh, I will be back with you in just a few minutes. Liz, we were talking before we started recording. Larry was kind enough to listen and, and uh, not butt in too much about how um, salespeople make it harder than they need to sometimes to do business with them. And um, it's it's funny on the why and the buy. Recently, I talked about something with uh, chat uh, service, customer service over chat, like trying to buy something over chat, trying to return something over chat and how that's a pain. Um, I won't get too much into detail because it wouldn't be fair to a guy named Mike. But Mike's making it real hard to do business with with him. I'm like trying to give him money. And the last email I sent him was, I'm trying to give you money, dude. Please help me understand how to give you money. Um, this happens more often than people realize. And I think it's because they're not looking at themselves in the mirror, so to speak. They're not looking at their own processes. They're, they, they're not demonstrating a lot of empathy. They're really not even thinking about their customers. Why do people miss this? How is this something? How can you take something so... I want to, I'd like to say obvious, but it's not obvious, but it's certainly substantial. How can you screw something like this up? The guy's made the sale. He won't take my money yet, right? Like this happens. He's not the only one to do this. What's going on? I would first say how you, but there's an old saying that says how you do anything is how you do everything. And that means so much to me because I think of friends or family or past clients and, 
if if you never follow up with someone, I don't expect you to follow up with me. If you're the type of person that forgets to call people back, then you're the kind of person that allows you forgetting to call people back. People don't realize that they give their word and then they take their word back and, they, and it makes them look like they're incongruent and inconsistent and out of alignment. And but they're they're doing it to everyone else. That's what I've realized. It's not just me and it's not just Mike doing that to you. People are doing that because that's how they show up in the world. They they and they don't realize how incongruent they're showing up. I have a good friend. She probably won't listen to this. I hope not. And she is <laughs> classic for saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll send that over to you. Oh, oh, oh OK, yes, yeah, I'll pick you up at seven or oh, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. And never follows through, never even says, hey, I know I owe you that article. I didn't, you know, I didn't send it to you last week or, hey, I forgot to do this or, hey, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. She's just late. And finally, I, I, now I'm not here to change everybody in the world, but I did try to change her. And I just said, look, if you and I are going to hop in a car one day and go to a networking event again, if you are not at my home five minutes after you said you were going to be there, I'm going to text you and I'm just going to tell you that I'm going to meet you there because that's not what I'm committed to. I'm committed to being on time. I'm committed to showing up in a really specific way in my life and in my business. So I honor my word and I do what I say. And I just thought everybody did that. I really did until I started a business. And I realized <laughs> that that's not the way it is. And my dad always taught us to follow through. If you're going to say something, you do it. If you RSVP for a party, you show up. Even if you don't want to be there, you go because you gave someone your word and you follow through. And oh my gosh, it reverberates through my ears. I can still hear him saying that. And it's just something I've adopted for me. Now I know that's everybody isn't going to want to jump in and do that, but I would challenge people to take a look at where do you give your word and then take it back? Where do you tell someone you're going to do something and then just completely drop the ball? That says so much about you and not the other person, but you leave a lot of damage and a lot of carcasses behind because of what you're doing to people. So I don't think it's intentional. I don't think they just, they realize they've got these bad patterns and bad behaviors that aren't serving them. Well, just think about it for a second. How, how long it takes for us to build trust. And it's broken in an instant. It's broken in an instant because of something that we may not think is that much of a big of a deal. It is to somebody else. Yeah. And there's something really cool about someone saying to me, Liz, I totally screwed up. I promised you this by this day and I didn't get, I didn't do it. And I take full responsibility. Oh, that lights me up when somebody does that and says, I effed up. I know that I said this. I was in uh, March. I was uh, having my kitchen and bathrooms be done. And two people came out to my home measured. They were both going to send me uh, proposals and I got emails two days later. Meanwhile, they said 24 hours, 48 hours later. Oh, I got really busy, but I'm still working on it. And I emailed them both back and said, you can forget it. Don't even waste your time doing those proposals. You told me 24 and now it's 72 and that doesn't work for me. Had you told me, I'd be just fine. Yeah, it's there's a self-awareness issue there too, clearly, you know, but and I think... Most salespeople don't think they're hard to work with. 
right? There's some real blind spots there. And, and it's funny how you do anything is how you do everything. I think Camille Clemens and Dewan Brown and, and Mike Simmons would all uh, are all clapping as they hear that right now. We talked about that on this program a couple, I mean, several months ago, um, you know, because of um, just that's, that's a recurring theme, right? When you get into this deeper thought community and, and you participate a little more and you get involved with some of the messages and things, you realize that some of those common threads among all of us and, and people who want to be and, and perform at the levels that we all have, um, we do things consistently. We do things with consistency. And there's a little difference there. And and we um, we it, it's not just about owning up to it. It's not just about um, oh I'm, I made a mistake and and I'm coming back and, and I'm going to own up or I'm going to I'm going to own it and, and take responsibility. It's like. Do you put yourself in position to underdeliver on a regular basis because you are stretched too thin, because you are unprepared, because you are um, trying to find a way to not do the work, right? You're trying to find some solution to help you scale something rather than just sitting down and, and, and getting to the point. Um, so many of these little things, Larry, you said it, uh, Liz, you've, you've, you've both said this before. This does not need to be really, really complicated, but the more complicated we make it, in our heads, the more complicated it ends up showing up to our customers. And that is something you just have to think about. Is it easy to do business with you? It's a form of self-sabotage playing out over and over and over. And it must be, it's heartbreaking to watch, but it's got to be even worse to do every day. <laughs> well, no, the, the, you, here's what's interesting. And think, think about, flip this thing completely around. If you make it that hard to do business with you in the very beginning, what's it going to be like after we finally bring this thing to some sense of a closure? What's going to happen afterwards? That would scare the crap out of me. Well, it's a, it's a glimpse into the future. And that's what I said to a couple of people. I said, you are showing me in, in the first five days of knowing you what it's going to be like to know you in five months and five years. So if that's how you operate, thank you for your transparency. But that's not how I operate. So I'm going to back off and, or I'm going to step away. And I've, we've probably all been invited into uh, big telesummits and things like that, where you, there's very specific things that we have to do and they have to give to us. I don't want to be chasing someone down for the copy that I need to pass out or, or uh, information that I need. I shouldn't have to chase you down. You told me you were going to do it. So there's been times where I said, you know what, this has been nice. It's been wonderful. We've had a couple of hiccups that could have been avoided, but I'm going to pull out. And it's not because I'm not willing to follow through on my word. The word was already broken weeks before that. Right. Right. And you've, you've, you've got a quicker trigger on that kind of action, Liz, than a lot of people do, right? You've got very, very strong boundaries around that. And when has that ever failed you? Never. That's the interesting thing, right? So many people are afraid to put those boundaries up and, and stand up for themselves, right? I mean, how, many, how much work do you do, both of you, with clients about where it's like, are you serious you're going to give that discount? Are you serious you're going to get pushed around like that? Are you serious you're going to work with someone? You're going to work with a customer who pays you to treat you that way? Like, are you really – like, what – can you imagine what – life would be like if you actually had good customers, right? And that's, I think, you know, to, to flip that back around, this individual is training me how to do business with him. 
right? You as a salesperson train your customers how do you do or how to do business with you. You what is tolerated becomes encouraged and like it, it, you have to be aware of these things. And just there aren't enough people who are aware of these it's things. It's true. And and I yes, I'm quick to cut myself out of situations like that, but I'm also very compassionate and we'll have a conversation about hey, this looks a little different than what we agreed to. Can we reconvene, have a conversation, get back aligned, get congruent, and get back in the same car moving forward? If not, no hard feelings. But it gives us all a chance to level up, to go, oh, yeah, I did promise that, and I missed the mark. So it's it's a way to recalibrate from a different place. And if we can stay at that new place, then I'm happy to move forward. But if you drop back down, I bounce. I call those having healthy conversations, Liz. Yes, that's it. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Healthy relationships, yeah. So true. Yeah, healthy conversations lead to healthy relationships. Oh yeah. Um, that's 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 the thing, and and I think, um, look, how how do we wrap this up here? We all buy things, right? Are you self-aware when you sell things? And do you think about the experiences you have when you buy things and how they relate or don't relate to the way people buy from you? You know, it's, it's, you almost have to go through an experience with your own company as a customer to, to, you know, make a dummy phone call, call from someone else's phone. So they don't know it's you calling into the main customer service line and, and just like, like have an experience, see what this is like. This guy would be more or less mortified if he realized what I had gone through. And I'm, I'm almost hopeful that he's mortified, mortified because I called him out on it. And I said, look, here's the deal. I'm in, I'd like to give you money. I'm hoping you'll accept it. And I even went, I mean, I, I, I'd like to think that I toned myself down a little bit, but I said, here's the deal. I'm, I'm trying to give you money. You're making this difficult. Am I doing this right? Or is there someone else I should be talking to? And I didn't want to be passive aggressive about it. Like I, I know how to do that. And I try not to do that, but the point needs to be made. And I'm, I, I don't have any place to go. Like, that's the thing. Like there is not another better alternative here. So he's got the sale, but I can't move forward unless he's willing to let me. That is a, just a very frustrating, infuriating conversation or, or, or uh, situation because I'm trying to do something here. <laughs> I'm trying to do something with this show. You know what I mean? And um, I will find another way to do it if I need to, but I just the the process itself is 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 really kind of crazy. So do that self examination. Show up as your as your company's own customer one of these days. See what that process is like, and think about how you can make it better. Because um, you know these experiences go a long way, and people know more so than ever that they've got options. That's right. And, and think um, of the law of attraction. What you're putting out there, you're putting out that you're incongruent mm-hmm. and inconsistent. Then good luck. Watch what comes back to you. Clients that are congruent and inconsistent. You cannot yeah. attract awesome, incredible clients. By behaving that way. Mic drop. Awesome. Well, does any of that sound familiar? Hopefully, if it sounds familiar, then it's because of your own personal experience with somebody else and not the way your company treats your own customers. Uh, I thought it was interesting, too, that Liz mentioned that how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's completely irrespective of the conversation I've already shared with you earlier this season uh, about uh, or from uh, Camille and Dewan. Um, so it's a nice little tie together there. But 
I mean, look, this is simple stuff, right? Things like doing what you say you're going to do, keeping things as simple as possible, logical next steps. Um, you know, I mean, another kind of bigger uh, concept involved here that we only touched on was that you train your customers how to do business with you. Like you're setting them up right away with what the customer experience and relationship is going to look like later. Are you cognizant of that? Are you thinking about that from the word go? Or is it just an afterthought? Are you thinking about it at all? Your customers are thinking about it and it's going to impact the way they talk about you to other people. Do you want them saying good things about you? You should. Are you doing anything to earn that? Are you barely earning their neutrality? Or is your situation and what you're causing them to do and how you're creating the experience for them, is that causing them to say bad things about you? Hopefully not, probably not, but think about this stuff. You're creating an environment to buy. So I want to thank Liz Wendling and Larry Levine. I will link to both of their LinkedIn profiles in the show notes. Um, Liz is a prolific author. She's written six books at this time. She's a um, a wonderful friend and a huge, huge supporter um, of me. And I think she does brilliant work. Um, so look her up. Pay attention to the stuff that she's putting out there. And, uh, you know, she's she's a worthwhile follow. And I can't say enough about Larry Levine. You've seen him on the stage at Outbound. You've heard him on the Selling from the Heart podcast. You've probably picked up the Selling from the Heart book. I encourage you to do all of that if you haven't already. So thanks again for spending this time with me. I will be back with you again very soon. And I'll talk to you then. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.